Good morning. For those of you that have just arrived in the last uh, couple of days, uh, my name is Marcia and I'll be here through the month uh, into the first week of October or uh, November. And I will be offering uh, Dhamma talks and many of the morning reflections uh, related to the seven factors of awakening. And we began exploring that last week. One of the clearest and most useful ways to describe practice is in terms of the seven factors of enlightenment or the seven factors of awakening. And these are the natural qualities that the Buddha described as the constituents of a proper spiritual practice. It's said in one of the short suttas from the Samyutta Nikaya that once when the Buddha was quite gravely ill, he asked the venerable Mahakunda to recite the seven factors of enlightenment to him. And in the sutta it says, in such a way was the Buddha cured of his illness. So this morning's reflection is on the second um, domain of mindfulness mindfulness of feelings. And that's the first factor of enlightenment, mindfulness. And the Pali word for this domain of mindfulness is mindfulness of Vedna. It's through our own direct experience that we come to understand the true nature of things. So it's not about uh, imagining or hoping or philosophizing for or philosophizing about or believing in. So exploring uh, this, again, the second establishment or the second domain of mindfulness in conjunction with uh, our direct experience, Vedana, mindfulness of feelings, It's a potentially, uh, particularly illuminating aspect of our practice towards directing our natural inclination for happiness and peace and ease to the right place and in the right way. Every single experience that comes through each of the sense doors, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, and thought, provide some specific information to the mind. And there are various feelings that occur through the contact of each of the sense doors with all the various phenomena that comes through. 
So from the perspective of the Buddha Dhamma, these feelings are simply classified into three groups. Pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, and neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling, what we can call neutral feeling. And as I've said, these feelings arise in response to either physical or mental stimuli. Attachment, emotional attachment to the sense world is a result that very often follows along directly from these feelings. So for instance, when one experiences a pleasant feeling in relationship to physical or mental contact with some object, for most of us, there's an almost immediate emotional attachment to the feeling or to the object or to both. And when the pleasant feeling subsides, which of course it always does, the desire to get it back or get another one, a craving, and a state of dissatisfaction quite quickly arises. And our peace, our our sense of well-being is lost. The nature of dissatisfaction is agitation, a kind of inner restlessness. And in our modern language, the Buddha didn't use this word, but it's stress. When we experience unpleasant feeling in relationship to some physical or mental contact with some object, most of us almost immediately experience emotional dislike, aversion in some way, maybe fear or boredom or maybe hatred or anger, disappointment. We want to get rid of or maybe get away from the object or the feeling or get away from both. And so again, our mental peace is disturbed. Again, we're experiencing stress. When the feeling isn't either pleasant or unpleasant, when it's neutral, often the tendency for most of us, for many, many of us, is to ignore what's going on. To not connect to the present moment's experience. And maybe uh, accompanied with a subtle or maybe not so subtle state of not wanting. Not wanting to see reality in that moment. I think it's fair to say that most of us are intense experience junkies. If it's intense, we're likely to pay attention, whether it's pleasant or whether it's unpleasant. If it's not intense, we often don't notice. There's this sense of nothing's happening. Without intimate and careful mindful attention to feelings, they have the potential and the power to disturb us emotionally, to make us suffer. An amazing thing about these feelings is that we often forget that they change. The very same object that produced pleasant feelings in our mind within moments sometimes can produce unpleasant feelings in the mind. 
and of course vice versa. So again we experience attachment, clinging, and various aversive states. Forgetting is the opposite of remembering. Remembering. The connection that mindfulness offers. The connection to see things just as they are. The potential illuminating aspect of practice in relationship to cultivating a careful attention to feeling is that it's at this point in our experience that we have the direct, immediate opportunity to drop our habituated reactions of attachments and clinging and the various permutations of aversion. It's at this point in our experience of noticing the feelings of pleasant and unpleasant or the feeling of neither pleasant nor unpleasant that we can, in moments, just just see the phenomena and know the attendant feelings and that just be that. Pulling out the thread of self, the I like, I want, I need, I must have, and just simply, directly, and clearly see the phenomena and know its attendant feeling. In that moment, there's no mental suffering. The heart and mind aren't disturbed. It's a moment of ease. It's a moment of peace. Feelings are particularly important mental factors in developing insight into the cause of suffering. Because these feelings are what condition our mind to hold on to the pleasant or to push away, avoid, or ignore the unpleasant. Learning to mindfully sense, observe, see, and know feelings with, a more, with more balance, more equanimity, and thus less attachment, less aversion and identification is an important and very helpful door to open on our way out of suffering. So this second establishment of mindfulness, contemplation of the feelings simply in themselves, the feelings in the feelings. 